In today's episode, I'm talking with Dr. Robert Sardello and Mary Jane Hooper about all matters of our heart and soul, spirituality, psychology, heart awareness, and living from our heart. Dr. Sardello has worked in the field of spiritual psychology for over 50 years, so it really is an honor to interview him, and it's really neat because he and Mary Jane are partners, best friends. Mary Jane was like a mother figure to me when I was going through my divorce seven years ago. She was my therapist here in Colorado, and now they've moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I'm so excited to bring them onto the podcast and share the interview with you. Here we go. Imagine living fearlessly. You're focused on what you love in life and you're letting go of the rest. And you're taking care of yourself like never before. Welcome to the Dissolving Fear podcast, where fear doesn't run the show, you do. The mission here is a world where fear doesn't control us. We let go to grow. I'm your host, Miss Alyssa, and I'm a Kripalu yoga teacher and an inspirational speaker. As a resilience coach and trauma-informed teacher, I'm sharing proven tools and inspirational interviews meant to help anyone overcome overwhelm and live their best life. We're not meant to run on fear and cortisol. We're meant to believe in ourselves and find serenity in our body and mind. As we grow stronger and evolve, our fears dissolve. Follow this podcast. You'll love the results. Loving life is what we're all about here on the podcast and at MissAlyssa.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Robert Sardello and Mary Jane Hooper. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. Thank you for asking us. (laughs) Well, Mary Jane, I've actually known you for over seven years. You used to live right here in Southern Colorado. Now you and Dr. Sardello live right down the street from me in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And you both recently founded the Living School of Heart Awareness. Before we get started talking about that, Mary Jane, what are you loving about Santa Fe these days? Oh my goodness. I love everything. We look out our windows and we see the mountains. We see the sunset, we see the sunrise. It's just, and it's such a, you know, spiritual place. And just glad to be here. We were both drawn here through the years and yeah, finally made the move. I'm so excited to talk with you both about heart awareness and facing the world lovingly and soulfully. Dr. Sardello, you're joining me alongside one of your favorite people, licensed (laughs) therapist, Mary Jane Hooper. So before we dive into the interview and your impressive bio, tell me why is Mary Jane one of your favorite people as well as one of mine? (laughs) Because she lives in joy. She lives in joy and, and most of all, um, I love her. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> what prompted you both to create the Living School of Heart Awareness? What is your mission? We're really beginning a new era. And, uh, and it is to be the era of mutuality and the era of love. It doesn't look like that at the moment. 
but a lot of the tension and anger and control and power we see are just the digging in of, of those ways of being as they're as they're kind of moving out and don't want to be moved out. And that'll take a good while. But in the meantime, we need we need we can be preparing ourselves for living in a very, very different way, human human beings, living as in mutuality, living uh, in unity with our bodily being with others and in unity with earth and and uh, that's that's the intent of the living school of heart awareness yeah i think you're absolutely right everything is dissolving the fear the shame the power the control this really is a transformational time mm -hmm. in the world and in our lives mm -hmm. One of the things Robert has taught me through the years is that we are inging all the time. So we're creating. And I love that idea that we're not fixed, that the future is pulling us into a, a new way of creating. And it gives us so much freedom that, you know, who we are is not just remembering who we were, but really creating who we want to be in the world service to others yeah we really are an unfolding and I think as a teacher the students remind me of that every day just watching them growing watching my children growing Mary Jane you were my therapist when we lived here in Colorado seven years ago and back then I had a huge crisis in my personal life my kids were young they were like one and four and I left and divorced my husband of 10 years you helped me a lot, and you actually believe that every crisis contains seeds of change and seeds of transformation and even creativity. So that's actually the name of your practice, Seeds of, seeds of Change Therapy. Yeah. How does a crisis in life actually give us a gift of personal transformation? You know, watching you is a beautiful example. Uh, <laughs> truly, uh, I think that the crisis, you know, lets us know that what the direction we're going is not where we want to keep going. So it invites us <laughs> into really doing some deep um, self-evaluation. You know, what am I feeling? What am I, am I on the right path for me? And um, when we, the questions are so important. So the mm -hmm. inquiry opens us up to, I think, um, you know, creating from a place of, uh, I don't know, not of not knowing, but being open to uh, what inspires us. Yeah, not being afraid of the unknown, creating from our heart and soul rather than from our fear. I know you always told me like, get curious, get curious, you know, about why people do what they do and why I do what we do. Because sometimes we land in therapy when we're like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know what I've been doing. you know, And that's a perfect time for change and transformation. It really is. That means you're really open. You don't have to know. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Sardello, you're an author. You were the graduate dean and chair of the psychology department at the University of Dallas. You've written at least eight books, including titles such as 
freeing the soul from fear. What is one piece of advice you have for those of us who really would love to free ourselves and our souls from fear? Well, the antidote to fear is always love. And, and fear and love are opposites. And in a way, in a certain way, fear is needed because it makes love a clear choice not just falling in love or having a kind of notion of love and thinking we can be in love. It's always a choice to live in love. And fear is is the great help in making choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can thank your fear for showing you what's important and what you really love and value. That's right. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Out of all of your books, what is one helpful lesson from your books, from the field of spiritual psychology that we can all resonate with? Don't ever write. <laughs> Don't ever write? Like a book? <laughs> no, it's very difficult. I'm sure you know, writing is painful, or at least for me. I'm not by nature a writer. Uh that's so interesting because you worked in academia. You probably had tons of journal articles that you wrote. I actually love writing. I'm self-publishing my first book, but mm. I just have a hard time finding the time mm. with my kids and things like that. But it's coming along really well. Mm. Um, yeah. And in your books, I mean, is there one theme um, or in your body of work and your life's work? Is there one theme that you feel like we should know here at the podcast and we should think about it because it might resonate with listeners? Well, mostly uh, human beings, we live pretty much in relation to our pasts. It gives us a direction and the way we see things and, and we rely on it. this. At this time, of transition is also the time of developing the capacity to live from the felt incoming future that we don't know the content of because it's not here yet, but we can feel a, a new kind of vibrations coming in and they are felt in the heart and and then they can be expressed as the heart expresses, which is always artistically. I mean, the heart lives in the realm of feeling. So does art <laughs> live in the realm of feeling. So living from the heart is more like the art of coming into living every moment rather than living according to what I already know. Yeah, and living in our patterns and habits and just expecting history yeah. to repeat itself. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the reason things are kind of you know, really breaking down to provide this opening for a completely different way of living. Mm -hmm. The art of living in the heart. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. All of the earth is an artistic expression of the divine worlds. Mm -hmm. so all of earth is the presence in tangible form 
of the whole spiritual world. Uh-huh. I feel like you've been compared to the American psychologist James Hillman at times. And I'm wondering if you agree with his idea that it's not just nature and nurture that shape us, like our environment and our temperament and personality. There is one third component that shapes us and determines how we grow and develop. And that's our soul, our higher selves and a higher power beyond just our surroundings and our environment and our personality. I was just curious if you had any comments on how our soul shapes who we are. Cause I know as a coach, I coach kids. I really focus on like behavior, temperament, personality, and how their home environment shapes them. But there's that soul component too. Yeah. I worked together closely with James Hillman for five years. And, uh, you know, he never defined soul. He was very careful not to define soul. <laughs> so it has more, it concerns the ineffable dimension of our being that we may feel in a certain way in the region of the heart, and but they're known through their doing. And so it's, it's a kind of a doing through the heart. The word heart is, is equally subtle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, to live by means of feeling the way an artist doesn't know what she's going to paint. If she knew what she was going to paint, it wouldn't be a creation. Mm -hmm. But she has to be able to, through the heart, feel what is coming to be and allow that to take shape through her brush. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, and we all, you know, have this potential to have creativity bubble up from us. And Mary Jane, I feel like sometimes shame settles in. I don't know if you help clients who have a lot of shame or negative self-talk, um, but we are these limitless souls of creativity and inspiration. Inspired literally means in spirit and letting spirit flow through us. But why do you think so many of us succumb to fear and shame and doubt as well as negative self-talk? You know, one of the things over the last few years, I've really been appreciating the idea that we are a multiplicity. So we have these parts that may carry shame or criticize us. And I used to think that we, we needed to get rid of those parts. But now I realize you meet those parts with heart. <laughs> and when you do, uh, everything opens up differently. The, the part, it seems like if we're trying to resist or if we're trying to get rid of a part, it will resist. So say that critical voice, we all seem to, I haven't met anyone yet that didn't have a critical voice. And instead of getting rid of it, it's to really meet it with heart and try to understand. So you've taken on this role in my system. So tell me what you're afraid would happen if you didn't criticize me, say. And the part will usually, you know, yeah, you're probably going to fail. And then there's the reassurance that you can then give the part that, you know, it's okay if I fail. <laughs> mm -hmm. And... Um, 
you know, so much has been written about shame lately, and I'm so glad it, it has because it can really immobilize us. You know, that if we get caught in just that one part that comes in that tries to shame you, but if you recognize, oh, maybe the intent of the shame was to really make me aware of what I'm doing mm. so that I don't repeat something that uh, may have been painful in the past. Yes, it's okay to feel shame in our body. It's okay to feel fear in our body. Feel it to heal it. You know, I tell my students, like, name it to tame it. However you feel, it's going to flow through you. And it's okay to feel your entire range of feelings. I'm so glad that you said in your body, too, because I I really appreciate that feelings reside in our body. Mm. And we'll come up with a story, <laughs> usually, and then, then we feel the emotion of maybe anger or whatever. But mm. to really get in touch with what we're feeling internally that our bodies have a lot of wisdom. Yes. And Dr. Sardello, you're an expert in the field of spiritual psychology at the university level. When I was in college at Penn State University, I wasn't at all focused on self-exploration. I was focused on out there. I majored in economics and geography. I wanted to know how the world worked and what was out there. But now I'm really into exploring my heart, my soul, yoga, meditation. Tell us about how spirituality and psychology work together, in your opinion, because I actually had a friend in college who he was a double major in psychology and spirituality. And I was like, why would you ever do that? You know, I'm over here with my geography <laughs> and economics, but how do spirituality and psychology work together to shape our lives and to shape who we are? Yeah, it's a tough question and complex because psychology is the psyche logos, meaning it's the logos, it's the, it's the knowing uh, from within the psyche or soul. So psychology should be studying soul. I mean, the, the, uh, certainly Jung did and, and Hillman did, but in relation to what we know as psychology, the, the sense of soul is not so strong in psychology. Then, and soul is our, you know, it is our inner life. And it goes certainly beyond our, uh, our individual life. Like that's the contribution of Jung, that uh, the, the, the archetypes are, forms of soul life that go over many, 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 many generations. So soul is depth. That's a good way to think of soul is depth. Mm -hmm. Feeling the longing of spirit from within the depths of our being. I love that because it is deeper than a label. When we think of psychology, sometimes we think of labels like anxious, depressed, but it's so much deeper than that. And personally, I believe we're here to like enjoy our lives as human beings and to have fun. And I think that's what the higher power and our angels want for us is mm -hmm. just a little bit more play up in here. I tend to get very serious about life and finances and um, you know, your mind can really take over and you can even make a hell out of heaven or a heaven out of hell in life, depending on where your mind's at. Mm 
Well, I was just going to say, I had a client one time that said, you know, I think when you die, you're not going to have to answer for all the things you did wrong. I think you're going to have to answer for what you didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought that is so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psychology is very funny in that uh, if you go into therapy, you're trying to find the future. And typically, you don't find how to meet the future. You talk all about your past. (laughs) As if somehow, when that's clear, the future will open. But when anybody tells a story about their past, it'll be a creation. It won't be literally what happened. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be how we remember it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. how we're making it up, creating it. Yeah. yeah. I always say if we spend too much time in the past or the future, we're leaking our power because we can't control the past and the future. So why live there and focus there? We really have to focus on the moment. Hmm. Mary Jane, you specialize in clinical hypnosis and you actually trained with Dr. Michael Yapko. I do a lot of self-hypnosis audio meditations by Marissa Peer. She blends hypnosis with therapy. She's a therapist and she's helped a lot of like rich and famous people with addictions, weight loss, building self-worth. I tend to love hypnosis. I think it's a great way to reprogram your subconscious mind and your beliefs Lately, I've been doing a hypnosis practice about overcoming your fear of public speaking. But let's talk about Michael Yapko, since you studied under him. I really love his focus on people's strengths and developing our strengths and resources. And I agree that we do the best we can with what we know. And then when we know better, we do better. So how do you use a client's strengths or how do you even use hypnosis? Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned Michael Yapko because he was one of my favorite mentors. And, you know, he wrote Skills, Not Pills. (laughs) And uh, he always had pearls to give us. You know, it was incredible. So it's like in hypnosis, it's instead of someone telling you what to do, it's like it's coming in and you're feeling the resources that you have. So it's really very positive. and that's what you're really hoping will happen. Well, someone will open up to the resources that they already have, and it breaks free of some of the conditioned mind. It's just about, you know, going inside, really feeling their inner presence. And then, of course, with hypnosis, you really open to this other way of hearing. And... Uh, it's interesting. You get so relaxed that you you don't, it's almost like a dream state because you hear some of the words, but you kind of, you know, you don't hear all of it. You kind of go in and out. You're fading in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found hypnosis and meditation, like guided meditations um, to be super helpful because usually we're just around the same four or five people all the time. So what we hear is messaging from the people we're with. Yeah. Their thoughts become our thoughts. Yeah. And so therapy, hypnosis, um, everything to kind of expand into new and healthier ways of being is so important. 
Yeah, yeah. And it does. It gets you out of your ordinary way of thinking and into possibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in your case, also a more loving way of being and being from the heart, living from the heart. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about each one of us and how we have direct contact with God, the universe, and we get messages directly from source, I believe. We can get them through the Bible reading. We can get messages um, through oracle cards or angel numbers, I think. But also, I feel like God speaks to us like heart to heart through intuitive downloads, epiphanies, aha moments. I feel like I got a little sign from my kindergartner. We were watching a movie about a baseball coach, and I'm sitting on the floor with all the kindergartners. And she looks up at me and she's like, you're my coach. And I feel like it was like this sign. It was a beautiful connection because I have been her behavior coach. And it was an aha moment for her. She was like, you are coaching me. And it was kind of a sign for me to start coaching adults, which is what I do now. I exclusively coach adults. So I was wondering what you feel about signs and our connection to God and the universe and a heart connection to something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And it's relating, you know, relating to God, not just putting out our prayers of, I need you to do this. It's re really relating. And when we do, we really feel that presence and it's exciting when you are open to guidance and it's so funny for me anyway, you know, I'll have this intuition that may not make any sense at all. And then my mind comes in and tries to talk me out of it. Anytime my mind comes in and tries to talk me out of it, I've, I've learned that that's not the best direction to go. But I think that I think the guidance is around us all the time. You know, living here in Santa Fe, even, you know, the earth, I feel like the earth is has invited us here. And we're when we relate and information does seem to come. Yeah, I love what you said about our primary relationship, or at least I believe our primary relationship is with the divine. And so I think sometimes we get caught up in all of our other relationships. And I don't talk about it at school because I work in public schools. We don't talk about that stuff. But when I coach adults, we talk about um, how you do relate to your soul, your spirit, to divine guidance. That's like a very important relationship. Yeah. You know, I can remember as a child because uh, I did not fear God. God was my friend and I would go outside and go, let's go, God. <laughs> and it scared a mother down the street that, you know, I didn't have fear. And all these years later, I'm like, that child knew what was happening. She was relating to God, relating heart, heart to heart, not from a place of fear, of dominance. Yeah. I feel like children have such a close relationship too. They're like little angels. They're like, when they're really young, they're like half on earth and they're half still, you know, up in the clouds somewhere, like hanging out with the other souls. Yeah. So in the spirit of heart awareness, shall we do a meditation together? And for all of the listeners out there, if you're not in a, the right setting for a meditation, you can always come back to this portion of the interview later if you're driving or something. But I thought 
we could wrap up our talk and then finish up with a meditation right here. So much of heart awareness and mindfulness just involves limiting our distractions. And I feel like, you know, in this day and age, if we're focused everywhere, we're really focused nowhere at all. And so a lot of times meditation helps us weed out distractions and clear our minds. And we can find so much inspiration through meditation. So what do you think about doing a little meditation together? I use the word contemplation rather than meditation for the work of spiritual psychology because con the word contemplation means being within the temple, being within the temple. Mm -hmm. So whereas meditation tends to mean I leave my body, go to the spiritual world, experience something, and bring it back. Contemplation remains here, going deep. Um, I say that because th this contemplation that's a bit long, but it's it's one of how, how do you enter heart awareness? How do you enter the heart? Shall we try that? Okay. Yeah, like we'll actually contemplate and mm -hmm. enter the heart and do it. I mean, I feel like that is really important. Sometimes we don't even know how good it can get until we do a contemplation, a meditation, take a walk, you know, and start actually doing these practices. So I'm really happy and thank you for leading us in entering our heart. Okay, good. All right, so we relax, take a few deep breaths, enter calm, and then we take a deep breath and we hold it for a few moments, still holding our breath and then releasing it. As we hold our breath, we begin to notice the tingling at the periphery of the body. It is what it shows us already that we are we are more than our physical body. This tingling at the edge of the body is called the etheric body. But now when you feel the tingling, we pour with our will forces, we pour our whole being into a place that is tingling at the periphery of the body. And we feel a kind of inner disturbance uh, as we enter into the interior life. And we wait until the turbulence of entering the inner life settles down and now we are within the silence silence is an actual place a region we pour ourselves into this place and feel the silence, experience the silence as if it is a 
warm, dark, velvety, endless space, radiating pure radiance. So silence is way more than being quiet. It's an actual inner region that we can go to anytime. And then with our attention, not our thinking, our attention, within this place of silence, we then take the silence with our attention and put it into the silence. And then we're in the stillness, which is a thousand times deeper than the silence, the stillness. And it is also warm, velvety dark, endless, but far more deep than silence. And then from within the stillness, with our lips, we gesture the word heart. And we feel a kind of inner explosion of silence permeating the whole of our inner being. And now we are within heartfulness. And then we gesture the word heart with our lips again and we feel another kind of inner explosion where we feel now at the place of our heart a radiance pouring from the place of the heart into the world And now we're both in heartfulness as well as in world heartfulness. And then we gesture the word heart again. And you'll notice it's as if our eyes move from being kind of pointed inward to now looking out into infinity. Through our heart, we see infinite, infinite openness. And we gesture the word heart again. And we are in 
infinite heartfulness. And we stay within heartfulness in these dimensions for a few moments. And then we close with the blessing by placing our attention just at the top of our head. And we feel a slight pressure coming at the top of the head. We allow that pressure to come down through the head. It's like this is the divine, the descent of the divine spirit through the body comes in through the head. We feel that force moving through our throat, through the region of our heart, solar plexus, down, down through our legs, down through our thighs and our feet, and into earth. And then we feel uh, another ascending force coming up from the earth entering into the feet this is the force of the divine soul creating from within earth moving upward through the feet through the thighs through the legs through our abdomen through the solar plexus the heart up through and at the place of the heart the ascending spiritual soul meets the descending spirit they meet at the place of the heart there's a kind of a vortex at the place of the heart that becomes a sphere the sphere widens to include the whole of earth and makes possible living daily in heartfulness. And when we open our eyes slowly, we notice carefully the world because we can now feel the presence of heartfulness throughout everywhere within the surrounding world as well as within us. So we can open our eyes very slowly and notice that sense of a dualism is gone. There is a kind of a felt unity, even, even with a screen. <laughs> There's a feeling of unity with you. You're not over there. Mm -hmm. We're together as one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And connection is so important in life. And I feel like your work has been so important and valuable. Um, Dr. Sardello, is there any last thought that you would like the listeners to hear today? Open to this new era 
of love that we can now carefully, beautifully develop. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Thank you. you. It's so great to be with you. And we're really with you. (laughs) It's quite quite different. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Beautiful to find that the screen doesn't separate, doesn't have to separate at all. That's the astounding thing. And there's a radiance coming in right over your head. (laughs) It really is absolutely coming (laughs) And it's a radiance. It is a radiance. (laughs) Oh, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting to see what you're creating. It's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely to see you. Thank you. It's so good to see you. Good to meet you. <laughs> good to meet you. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That completes our episode. If the podcast content felt true for you, follow the podcast today and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Life can be full of uncertainty and unknowns, but life works in mysterious and miraculous ways. So keep exploring your favorite ways to dissolve fear and make room for your best life to fall into place. Believe in yourself and nurture yourself to maximize your potential. Thank you for being here.